Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Santi Time Podcast, where no matter if it's Easter time, Western time, or Pacific time, it'll always be Santi Time. Uh, uh, I have brought back uh, one of the previous, one of my previous guests, uh, Timmy Lee, who was here, who was here last time to talk about anime movies, right? Yeah. Uh, so everybody, please welcome back, Timmy. How's it going? Hello, it's me, John Griffin. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you're right. It's me, Timmy <laughs> Lee. So, <laughs> yeah, how's it going, man? <laughs> good, good. You know, yeah. it's yeah. been a while. Yeah, I figured last time it was a fun time. I figured when you asked me to do this again, I feel I was like, oh, is this gonna be another anime thing? And you're well, like, no, it's movies we hate. And I was like, oh, I'm good at that too. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, now, Timmy, I just didn't, I didn't just invite you back because you know, like you're well known by the film community as a guy who basically hates a lot of popular movies. And you know what? I do too. Do I, I have hate... that reputation? I didn't realize this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. A lot. I mean, I don't know, man. You could. I. I, I mean, I don't know, man. You've been kind of getting back. You're uh you're just now getting backlash for the for your take on Mission Impossible, so Man, I don't know. I don't know what you want me to say. You know it's <laughs> funny you mentioned that because I didn't actually put that on my, on any of my list because that's how forgettable the franchise is. It was just so it's such a blip in my mind. I didn't even bother writing that down, but I guess I could just write that down now. So thanks for reminding me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 really no problem, you know, like now now as for me. I love Mission Impossible. It's great. I thought Dead Reckoning Part One was pretty great in IMAX. Uh, such a shame that it got completely fucked by by uh, by Barbenheimer. So, <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's really their fault. They can't really blame anyone but themselves. You know, like they could have moved to August where they had it all to themselves, but exactly, they're the ones who yeah. stuck with that date. So I don't, I don't know. Like Cry Me a River. Like I don't know what they want. You know. So exactly. Yeah. Uh. So uh, before we get into our top five, uh, so before we get into today's category, which is top five popular movies that we hate, uh, I sure. want to like I, I, I want to just to go over uh, three th three major um, pop culture pop culture stuff that's been happening recently. Uh, okay. So. Uh, so basically, uh, yesterday uh, we got the news that. That well-known uh, Hollywood actor from the 70s, uh, Ryan O'Neill, recently passed away at the age of 83 years old from a long battle of prostate cancer and leukemia. Mm -hmm. And he was he, uh, that day, he was well known for being in movies like Barry Lyndon, The Drive, Paper Mood, and one of my favorite movies, What's Up Doc? He will he will dearly be missed. He, like, like he will dearly be missed. Now, Timmy, have you ever seen anything from Ryan O'Neill? No, I haven't. But Barry Lyndon has like been on my watch list for fucking forever. Uh, I mean, Stanley Kubrick's my favorite director, um, and Barry Lyndon's just like one of the one of the few movies from him that I still haven't seen, and I know he's in that. So um, that's kind of like been on my top priority list. But other than that, I I've never seen any of his other films. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Paper Moon is. Yeah, Paper Moon is really good, and um, and What's Up Doc is like one of my favorite romantic comedies ever. It's basically Ryan O'Neill and Barbara Streisand, like 
like like getting into like what it'd be like biggest mishaps ever like it like like it's basically a, a throwback to those screwball comedies from howard hawks and it's okay. really amazing you know like there's even like a like there's even like a spoof sequence from bullet in which like there's a car chase in like san francisco it's awesome okay yeah i i think this might be on my watch list i i don't know much about it so but i'll give it a watch someday yeah, sure. Uh, and also, uh, and also, second thing I want to talk about, uh, the boy and the heron, uh, or as Timmy likes to call it, "How do you live?" Uh, has has finally come out. Uh, you call it how I like to call it. That's how the Japanese. It's the, literally the Japanese title. I'm just calling it what it's what it's actually called. I don't like. Oh right, I, yeah. I don't. It's not really that like ex- exaggerative of me to say that. And plus, like they're like. The the Amer- the American title. I don't mean to to I don't mean to take this into a tirade or anything. So you can interrupt me whenever you want. But like the English title that they use for international markets is so fucking stupid. I hate the U.S. title and like I don't know why they. I guess they went with it because they wanted to get babies to watch the movie. But like babies shouldn't be watching this film anyway. So it's like I don't know. But that's yeah. Either way, I'm calling it by its original Japanese title. So yeah, I and it's PG thirteen. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. You like know, babies didn't go see the wind rises either like so i don't know why this should be different and uh and timmy like if you ask me apparently babies did watch princess mononoke i think i don't know they probably I mean, did but no. i mean good good for them yeah so like <laughs> i i did too when i was a kid and i'm i i consider myself a decent-headed person because i saw it when i was a kid yeah uh yeah so uh how do you live is Probably one of the great one of the greatest works that Miyazaki has ever put out. It is a culmination mm. of, of of almost every thematic element from his movies, like being set in post war World War II Japan. You have these like environmentalism themes, uh, pacifism, and like him like like the movie being essentially like based on his actual life or whatever. And of course, and of course, you have these like fantastical elements in there and in this case with how do you live it's a boy who interacts with a gray heron and he enters the afterlife and and it's where like and it's where the film basically makes you question basically makes you question how can you live without your mother how do you live like like how do you live like after what you've experienced during the war and how do you live and how do you live knowing that you could have saved her no knowing that you could have you know saved your mother like all those types of questions and it's really good i really love this movie and i'm seeing it again today in dub so yeah so Tim, yeah, i'm seeing i'm also seeing it again at some point yeah sorry go ahead so your quick thoughts on how do you live what do you think about it yeah i i genuinely think it's one of his best um and i know i sound biased when i say that since i've dedicated like what like half of my channel to miyazaki's films um but i i think what i think you summed it up perfectly well i i don't i it's funny you mentioned like oh it's still about like pacifism and environmentalism i guess it's like all kind of that as well but like in my opinion uh those things are those like repeated themes that in his films are kind of like downplayed in this because what I found the most fascinating about the film, and it's why I'm still thinking about it like to this day, and I saw this like on Wednesday, I think, is 
Um, I really love how personal it is. I really love sort of how much Miyazaki kind of put himself into the film. I mean, obviously, it's still like a fantasy adventure, so it can't entirely be based on his life. But I love how the film is kind of you see. So when he started making the film, he he intended this as um a movie he made for his like his grandkid or whatever because like he was like look i'm like getting old i'm not gonna live long and long anymore but i want to leave at least leave this film behind so that you can watch it and understand kind of the experiences i've had and there's a lot of that but what i've realized is that there's also a lot of him just kind of reconciling the fact that like a lot of the people in his life are kind of gone now you know like his ghibli co-founder isao takahata is gone and you can see that influence into the film you know his mother was a huge important part of his life he really he loved his mother to the point that like she's a character in like half of Miyazaki's movies at this point it's like it's a very personal film and even if you knew nothing about the movie if even if you knew nothing about the guy you can still kind of feel that sense of personal touch within the film like because even though like at its core I guess it's like a Alice in Wonderland type adventure shit like you can still kind of see that like, oh, but there's more to this than just a simple adventure. Like, it's not like Spirited Away where like the whole film is just, oh, an 11 year old is isekai'd into a spiritual world and then she goes on adventures. I mean, it's still deep, but it's like, but the plot is more simple than that. Um, but with this one, like, it, it's like, it's like you said, it's a culmination of everything. It starts out almost kind of like, a combination of Isa Takahata's uh, Grave of the Fireflies and also The Wind Rises, which is the last film that uh, Miyazaki made before this. It starts out like that, but then it suddenly becomes um, Spirited Away. Um, and then it suddenly becomes, uh, well, it comes a little bit of both Spirited Away and My Neighbor Totoro. And then suddenly it becomes Princess Mononoke. And then suddenly it becomes Castle in the Sky. And then suddenly it becomes Howl's Moving Castle. And then it kind of just ends like... It ends like um, pretty much every other Miyazaki film where it's the main character is like has grown up like the 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 film. All of his films are, I would say, are about growing up. It's about their characters growing up and maturing because they're all like, you know, small children, little girls, little boys, whatever. And it's them like growing up. And but it's more personal and more satisfying in this because the main character is modeled after Miyazaki. So it's not just him the character growing up and coming to terms with itself it's Miyazaki kind of coming to terms with himself as well and I think it's like it's such a great film because like there are so many layers that you can look at the film and you're right no matter what and I think it's genuinely one of his best films so well said I I couldn't really said it better myself I'm giving you all the flowers like wonderful that's thank you that was great that was great yeah uh that was great. Yeah. And I would basically also consider this my favorite movie of the year, at least until Poor Things or Zone of Interest comes out. So, yeah, yeah. I would I would agree. It was. Yeah, because this is this is my also my favorite film. I can't I Zone of Interest is the only like real competition it has. Other than that, like I don't really see it going down. So, but yeah, yeah. Uh, for anyone who subscribed to me, look out for the video essay. It'll be coming whatever yeah so, exactly um, yeah exactly yeah. timmy's uh analysis of of how do you live or the boy and the heron will come out pretty soon so stay tuned all right uh last thing last thing i want to talk about just to get this out of the way sure. the game awards yeah, came yeah. out yay yay the game awards hosted by our <laughs> like hosted by the lovely man that is jeff Keeley. uh 
So to go over the nominations, was obviously Orthodox Rabbi was Orthodox Rabbi Bill Clinton thanked again in this game awards. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. I thought he was, uh, you know, it's funny. I thought maybe he would have been attendance, but didn't. And of course, like the hot, and of course, like security went really high, like during, like, like, like during this award shit. Which obviously, like, nothing important happened. Like, obviously, the Bill Clinton kid didn't come back, but he did it. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, did they so, at least bring back the flute guy? I, I didn't see the Game Awards. I just saw the, re the results. But did they at least bring the flute guy that, like, went with the super crazy haircut from the last Game Awards? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I saw the Christopher Judge bit. I was like, "That's that's funny." Because yeah, yeah, where you because like, remember bro, in the like... last one, he went on for like ten thousand years about a speech <laughs> or some shit. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad he like could poke fun of himself about that. For anybody who does not, for anybody for, for anybody who doesn't know, he basically said, "Oh, like this uh, this new Call of Duty campaign is longer than my actual speech." <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah. So to go over yeah. the winners, uh. Obviously, Baldur's Gate 3 won Game of the Year. I mean, it was inevitable, you know? Like, it's it was bound to happen. Uh, best ongoing game went to Cyberpunk 2077. I mean, sure, the DLC, like, the DLC came out. Everybody played it, you know? I thought it would went to Final Fantasy 15 because that's, because that's, a, because that's the more unpopular game. Uh, let's see. Um, best action adventure... Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, you know, uh, best indie game, Sea of Stars, you know, to anybody who plays indie games, uh, best RPG, Baldur's Gate 3, best art direction, Alan Wake 2, uh, uh, apparently Alan Wake 2 is good, so I'm definitely going to play those Alan Wake games soon, best adaptation, of course, it, of course it went to The Last of Us, of course it went to The Last of Us, you know, um, mm. content creator of the year, Iron Mouse, I don't know who that is. Best anticipation. Oh, I love her. Oh, she oh, Iron she Mouse? she collabs with she she collabs with Sea Dog VA a lot. So, I Sea Dog VA. I don't know who that is either. <laughs> uh, he's he's one of the three trash taste people. Oh, oh, really? Okay, interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, anticipated game Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I'm so excited for this game. Like. Like it's really like like this is my actual most anticipated game ever. I'm gonna play that throughout the month of March when it comes out. Well, it comes out February 29th, but but I'm still gonna play that throughout the month of March. Um, oh. best esports event, League of Legends World Championship, best action game, Armor Core Six, best e best esports game, Valorant, best fighting game, Street Fighter Six. Cool. I mean, I kind of wanted Mortal Kombat 1. This is coming from a bias since I've only played that. And mm -hmm. best performance, Neil Newbon for Baldur's Gate 3 over Yuri Lowenthal, who gave the better performance? Like, what? I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3, so I can't really speak to this at all. <laughs> so. it's, it's a, it, like, like, it's okay. Just know that Yuri Lowenthal, like, gave the better performance in Spider-Man 2. Like, he was great. You know, and uh, best narrative, Alan Wake 2, best family game, Super, Mar Super Mario Brothers Wonder, strategy game, Pikmin 4. And that's about it. That's all of the nominations that I have today. So, yeah. And those mm -hmm. are the game awards. So, yeah. 
Now let's get right into our top five popular movies that we hate. So for starting this, I'm going to go first with my okay. fifth pick. Um, This is a movie in which that I had to put since uh, I didn't like the ending of this movie. I liked I thought that I respected what it was going for, but at the end of the day, it just wasn't for me. That's it, it just wasn't for me. And the ending just completely contradicts everything and ruined and ruined half of my experience with it. And that movie is Promising Young Woman. Yeah, I didn't like the movie either. I mean, like Yay. the ending was really, really shitty, but like like the the all the movie beforehand wasn't even that good anyway. Like Carrie yeah. Mulligan gave a great performance, but like that was about it, you know. So yeah, and also Bo Burnham was like pretty good in it too. And that's just coming from me who really likes Bo Burnham, you know. Yeah, because, he was fine. He was good. Yeah, because like because like I heard a lot of people say that like he gives off like the nice guy persona like really well because oh my god, it's Bo Burnham. Like he seems like a nice guy. And in real life, Bo Burnham is a nice guy, and then you find out that like and then you found out that he was part of the and then you found out that spoilers to anybody who hasn't seen Promising Young Woman, but like he was there at the assault, like like he was there during like Nina's Nina's assault, and he like didn't do oh, anything. Yeah, crazy. I right. Didn't see that one coming. Right. Yeah, and like and and also like this movie has such an inconsistent tone. Like for one minute, it's this like. It's this like dark comedy. It's this feminist like dark comedy, and it's also a thriller. And then like you have this one scene where like, yeah, it didn't do either well. Like yeah, it wasn't yeah. funny enough to be yeah, a comedy, yeah. and it wasn't scary enough to be a horror movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. So like you have this scene where like, where like they're at the pharmacy singing to that Paris Hilton song. You know, stars are blind. Great song, by the way. I like that song a lot. And then sooner or later, like, she finds out about the assault. And it's really, really fucking sad. So, like, mm -hmm. yeah, I just don't really like the consistency. And also, like, how she, like, and also, like, how she, like, tracks down men, you know? How she, like, 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 how she, like, berates men to thinking, like, oh, like, you seem to be this nice guy. And you're, like, 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 oh, like, you seem to be this nice guy. And yet you take advantage of women. Don't do it again. But then, like, you have this other scene where she like drugs Allison Brie for some fucking reason, and she and she goes and she goes to visit her college where she confronts like head minister, and she's like, oh, and she basically pretends that she's like, oh, by the way, I kind of kidnapped your daughter, and she's like, and she's like, just kidding, like. What the fuck? It feels like it. It feels like it was like a fan fiction. Like it. It genuinely feels like it's like like fan fiction tier writing, like with mm -hmm. all the because not only is everyone just a cartoonish stupid ass villain, like no one is properly written. No one has like interesting dialogue. Like it's just the most and it's so repetitive too. It's just like, oh, you think you're a good person, but actually you're not. Like it's just so repetitive. It's like I can't believe this film won best like best screenplay. I think that's just I know, really right? absurd. Yeah, yeah. It's like best original screenplay. And granted, like Emerald Fennell was literally the only woman out of like four or three men that were nominated that year. I forgot who they were, but like the Academy basically <laughs> and the Academy was so biased into thinking that this that that this movie speaked a lot on sexual assault, given that it released like 
that 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 it released during the Me Too movement or whatever, and like and this movie like tries to have an anti, like like this movie like tried to have this like anti sexual assault slash violence message, but then you have this ending where like Cassie like goes to the bachelor party to like enact revenge on Nina's rapist um to enact revenge on Nina's rapist um Al Monroe by the way big fucking spoilers ahead and like she tries to like she tries to like I don't know like like she tries to like sterilize him into like and like she tries to like I don't know like I don't know like write out um like write out um write out Nina's name on Al and Al somehow ends up being free from her handcuffs and he smothers her for 15 minutes straight like it was a very very long scene and then schmidt comes in being like oh man you fucked the nurse and that and he helps al get rid of her body and then the next day the wedding happens right and then the cops show up and al's not even arrested for nina's assault he's arrested for her murder like and also, like this is just a big, this is just a big contradiction on, on what this movie presents, and like not only, because here's the thing: the cops failed Nina, but then like at the end of the movie, like it turns out, oh, like Cassie, like Cassie sent this video to that lawyer, right? And the lawyer sent it to the cops, and the cops like arrest Al for murder. Like it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me, you know, like. It's like Jigsaw. She could predict like all everyone's moves by like <laughs> seven steps or whatever. It truly is like a Jigsaw level stupidity. Um, exactly. Just... Yeah. I just I I I don't. Yeah. I don't really know why the Academy picked this. I guess it's just because of the subject. But then why was it never, rarely, sometimes, always nominated? You know, like I think that would have been like a yeah, far better, a better movie to select that year. But I really like whatever. That. Yeah, I really love that movie because like you know it feels. Because you know it feels real. It has because you know it's like it, it it tells like a real story on no on sexual assault and abortion, and it it it, it, it has like a it, it has a really good runtime. The tone like the tone it is consistent. Has great performances. It's just you know better movie. You know never really sometimes always is a better movie, and it should have been nominated. You're so right about that you know and like i've yeah. had this like i barely had... i'm i'm glad you're saying all this stuff by the because i i've like forgotten most of the movie at this point i haven't seen it since it came out and i've like forgotten like most Ooh, of the plot so i had to watch this movie for a college course that i took which was like trauma and cinema and i talked about this and i basically debated this movie with like two of my friends who were like in the same mm. class with me and, yeah. and 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 a lot of people in the class are like, oh, oh, like we're supposed to be mad about this movie. And I'm like, and I'm just thinking to myself, what the fuck do you mean that we're supposed to be mad about this movie? You don't make a move, <laughs> like you don't do a movie ending to be mad at the movie ending. You make movie endings to be satisfied with its audience. That's the whole point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't I'll take your that. word for it. Thanks, yeah, to, so. thanks, Timmy. Thanks, Timmy. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So, what's your number five? Oh wait, 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 wait! Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Uh, I was about to like ask one more question. Did you see Saltburn? Okay. Or are you going to see Saltburn? Or 
I probably will at some point uh, before the end of the year, just so I can uh, have enough things to talk about on my best of 2023 video. But yeah, yeah. I'll probably, I, it's not like high on my priority list or anything. So yeah, yeah. Um, um, I mean, people have told me that I wouldn't even like it anyway. So yeah, I'm just not, I'm not exactly rushing to go see this. So yeah, I can tell you right now, one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> weirder, than, all... weirder than Climax? Because it's it kind of gives off a climax never, type vibe. So okay, I've never seen climax, so I'll take a okay. word for it. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's your number five? Okay. Uh, my number five. I'll, also, keep in mind, I I made this list like half an hour ago. So, okay. um, yeah. I uh, I mean, it's so this is not exactly like a least hate to most hate. These are just like the the five that I think of when I think. I hate this, but but everyone likes this for some reason. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Uh, so number five is uh, Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Mm. Uh, I was I was tempted to just put all of his movies on this list because frankly I don't. Well, okay, I guess Dawn of the Dead wasn't like a horrible movie, but at the same time it was written by a writer who could like actually write 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 for shit, like actually write a competent script. So you know that kind of helped. And I guess Three Hundred is like a fine movie it was okay it was whatever um so i guess those two i wouldn't put on on this list but yeah every single other thing that snyder has made i think is just the most laughably pathetic piece of shit ever uh but people like them because they're nerds i guess I, or incels i don't know but um <laughs> like so but yeah watchmen i i specifically put on this list uh purely because i actually like the graphic novel i actually like the comic that the film is based off and it is very clear that this movie is just a uh, shit. I didn't do the final exam uh, beforehand, so I'm just going to copy and paste everything I find on Wikipedia and then pasting it as my own on, on the final essay type shit. It literally screams that because for a movie that is supposedly trying to be as accurate as possible, recreating each panel as accurately as possible, uh, Snyder sure did a great job of mis misunderstanding like every single point of the original graphic novel. You know, like, um, but taking that aside, like, I didn't think the movie is that like well made to begin with. Like, I, I with the exception to like Billy Crudup, who plays Dr. Manhattan, I think everyone sucks in the film performance wise. I don't think anyone gives like a decent performance in the film. The writing is just the most preachy Zack Snyder y shit ever, uh, which I know is weird to say because it's based on, you know, because he's adapt literally adapting like directly from the graphic novel but like within the context of this film it is the most preachy cringe shit ever um the costume designs were just i i don't know like the movie was just sincerely ugly to look at because when you read the comic book they take advantage of a lot of secondary colors like purple and yellow and all this shit and it's really visually great to look at but then you compare it to this shit where it's just Zack snyder blue and gray all over again it's like it looks like i'm looking at a plate of barf right now like it's just like a visually disgusting movie to look at the action scenes are i mean i so one defense i keep hearing about this film is like oh the action scenes are like really cool they're badass they're awesome and i'm like already you just you just didn't understand the point of the comic then because the whole point of the comic is that like you don't actually see any like gratuitous violence because one it builds up to the actual ending which this movie didn't even bother doing uh because i guess they're stupid um 
like the the whole point of hiding the violence is so that it can when when violence when the ending happens with the giant squid and you see that entire panel of like bloodied corpses and stuff it makes that moment that much more satisfying but also too the other reason is that they're trying to sell the fact that the people who dress up as costume superheroes are like at best like fucking losers and at worst like demented psychos and but those neither of those are the type of people who would be good at fighting you know like dressing up in a costume doesn't make you better at fighting like than like the average joe on the street but in this movie they make them fucking superhero jesus gods like everyone can just do karate everyone can just break everyone's bones like like it's nothing and do flips and stuff it's like what did you even get out of the comic then like for a guy who supposedly is in love with the comic, like how, like how, what did you actually get from the comic then? If this is as, as how you're interpreting it, and then like the all the gratuitous violence and Zack Snyderisms is just so annoying. It pisses me off, and it's just like a, it, it's it's like a two and a half hour like. I guess it's two and a half hours, the the theatrical cut, but I've never seen any of the extended cuts because why the fuck would I want to do that? Like, right. it's just like um, the movie is just a gigantic like like it's just a gigantic hypocrisy like it keeps saying one thing but then it does the complete opposite and, and that really pisses me off it's like okay you clearly then just didn't understand what you were adapting you didn't like understand the homework you just like saw cool superheroes and a giant nude blue god and you were like "Ooh, that's cool i'll do that like but you didn't get the context behind all that stuff so but whatever that's just me yeah yeah, um, I haven't like watched, I haven't seen Watchmen in like a while. Like I haven't watched it since I was like, I don't know, seventeen or sixteen. So I don't really have an opinion on Watchmen. Really, I think yeah, I think yeah. Like Watchmen is the type of like movie that would like appease teenagers, being like, oh, cool, superheroes, they uh, they they fight or whatever. But yeah, but but <laughs> but yeah, you're so right. It's a thing. For, uh, for saying that like Zack Snyder like co completely didn't like <laughs> like completely didn't exactly like understand the assignment of what Watchmen was trying to present. Also, sorry, yeah. one more thing. Also, the fact that they made Rorschach a badass character, then you seriously did not understand the comic. Then you seriously so, did not understand the source material. Like so what's the difference? So so can I ask what's the difference between Rorschach in the comic and Rorschach in the movie? So Rorschach in the comic, like, I mean, like, it, this was before this term was even in made, but like, he's, he's basically like an Andrew Tate, like, incel, like, that's basically what he is, like, he's an extremist far right, like, Andrew Tate incel, and even though the the comic like i mean the comic still like gives him backstory and gives him depth because you know just because he's like a he's like a whack jog doesn't mean like he's not a, also a character like that's what made him interesting it's like wow this guy is a massive hypocrite this guy is a massive like like piece of shit who can't do anything like he's 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 seen as this like batman type figure but when you actually look at what he does and like how he does all these things like oh you're just you're just dumb you're you're just like you're just like not good at what you do um but you know they also gave him like a backstory and reason for why he's like this you know because no sane person would dress up in a costume to go fight crime in the middle of the night and think to themselves i showed them mercy by letting them live blah 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 whatever but in the movie he's just like this badass i guess like he's just this cool guy this like batman cool guy who did everything correctly and i'm just like what the sh <sighs> yeah 
it's like there's a reason why like like one why like certain people consider rorschach their favorite superhero and also two why there was such big backlash towards like a white supremacist group being based off of rorschach in the hbo watchmen series is because they're only context is the movie and they have no idea that like this is the type of person he actually is in, in the comic book so they just throw a hissy fin be like lol woke or whatever and it's like yeah. jesus christ just you, read a book for once like did you watch God. the hbo did you watch the hbo series or yeah it's like a hundred times better than the Zack snyder movie yeah it's yeah, like yeah. a thousand times better yeah yeah the watchman series is amazing it does a great job of like not like rehashing what happens like in the original comic book it tells like a canon story on like on the events that happens like afterwards and i think that's such a really great decision and the fact that it like puts in like real world like issues like into it like uh like racism like 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 this movie it does makes a great, sense like it does a great job of like of of informing the viewers on the 1920s Tulsa massacre that we barely learned in school and it was the most searched searched thing on Google yeah like I mean that that's that's a different commentary or like the sad state of our American education system it's also just like yeah the reason why HBO's Watchmen works so well and why this movie sucks fucking complete dick is because like like by by adapting it one for one like it also kind of shows how little you actually understand the point of it like the point isn't just about superheroes although that is a thing it's also like commentating on like the worldview of America at that time which is why like you know like originally Alan Moore wanted to put Ronald Reagan as like the president for life in that story <laughs> um but he knew he would get backlash so he put Richard Nixon instead but like it still serves the same points that he was trying to make it's like it's a very like political like story that has a lot to say about like about back then what was considered the most terrifying thing like nuclear holocaust and you know crime and drug abuse and blah 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 all this other stuff and what i like about the show is that it smartly updates it to okay back in the day the biggest fear at the time was nuclear holocaust which makes sense because you know the comic was published around around the cold war era and in this one and also it's about government corruption because again you know nixon conservatism and all that stuff but in the show it updates that current issue okay the biggest threat now isn't nuclear holocaust the biggest threat now is white supremacy and racial injustice and you know police brutality blah 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 all this other stuff so they basically kind of make a watchman again but with new characters and a new sort of central political theme that like overshadows and motivates the rest of the characters while also having things and characters from like like faithfully adapting the characters from the comic into like older versions of the, of themselves that makes sense you know like ozymandias yeah. being what he is in the show makes sense you know played like really um, good Silk by Spick uh yeah 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 played really Tr good by uh, jeremy irons yeah yeah by jeremy irons he was great in this yeah like what they did with the silk specter in this in the show was is very interesting and i liked where they went and the new characters themselves are very interesting like um looking glass uh tim blake nelson's character he was very interesting i thought he was a he was almost kind of like a reverse rorschach type character where mm -hmm. if rorschach was like a paranoid far writer i mean to say that looking glass is a 
is is left wing is kind of is is a bit of a stretch. I don't think they make that explicitly clear, but I do like he's he's kind of suffering the same trauma. He suffered the same trauma uh, that Rorschach went, but what what makes him different for Rorschach is that he went in one direction while Rorschach went in the other direction. I think that's a very interesting um, way to essentially write Rorschach without actually writing Rorschach. I think that is, I think it's really cool. I think I'm not like a big fan of like Damon Lindelof or anything, uh, but like, I yeah, think what he did with he... the show was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And also, um, and, and also like two, and I would say that two of the great things that Damon Lindelof did is Watchmen. And of course the leftovers, which is another show that is like, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Really underrated and underviewed like show like great performances amazing themes just everything incredible but uh but yeah uh yeah so that's so that's watchmen for you uh mm. <laughs> yeah 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 and i mean like and i mean like for like again for me for like watchmen i haven't again i haven't seen it since i was like 17 and i could and i completely understand on your criticism on the watchmen movie how it like how it clearly differ differs from the comic and how Zack Snyder like completely misunderstood like like completely misunderstood it. He also misunderstood Superman. He misunderstood the uh the Justice League, even though Zack Snyder's Justice League was, I don't know, kinda good. I was tempted to really, put that like... <laughs> I was tempted to put that on this list because I also did not like uh Snyder, the Snyder cut of Justice League. I thought it was, just, I thought it was the most pointless, self-indulgent thing ever. But apparently, just if you make a movie that's slightly better than a piece of shit, then like automatically, it's a ten out of ten masterpiece. So what do I know? Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah. Uh, also, like, but uh, but Rebel Moon though. I don't know. Might be good. Might be a piece of shit. Who knows? Yeah. I'm really hoping it's Zack Snyder's Jupiter Ascending because it kind of looks like that. And man, yeah. I really like could go for something hilarious. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Okay. So for my number four, and I am sorry. I apologize to the people who love this movie. Um, Love Actually. Okay. Yeah. Uh... The movie's just. I've seen it. I but like it's so insignificant. Like I don't remember anything about it so like i might as well have not seen it so yeah go ahead so uh i so so like i've recently so so last year i've said that like love actually wasn't really that much of a good movie and um and i gave it like another shot again because like maybe i might have misjudged it you know because because i've seen a lot of people that like this movie and i was like oh okay they they like this movie you know i i i don't know why but like I don't, like I don't know why they like this movie, but okay, I'll 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 give it another shot, and I did, and it's just, I don't know, like I don't know, like yes, like yes, like this movie has like a really good like opening tagline that love actually is all around. It has a nice narration from Hugh Grant, I guess. I like the Christmas setting in London. I think it's like, like it does give off a cozy vibe, but I just didn't like half of these romances into these movies if you could like call these romances because like half of these romances just looked so half-baked like i don't know like like if you were to make this movie just about just about liam neeson's character like bonding with his stepson and also like dealing with the grief of his wife then like that would be a better movie in my opinion 
But then like you throw in like other but but then you throw in like other like famous actors telling like different stories, like like the one with Hugh Grant playing the prime minister who 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 falls in love with his secretary. And then you have the fact that this movie has like has like jokes like 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 has these jokes that are like that are made at the expense of a woman's body image and you have and you also and you also have this like dated sequence of Thomas Brody Sangster like running past airport security post 911 and and don't even get me started with Andrew with uh, with Rick Grimes being creepy towards Kira Knightley like Jesus Christ yeah. and like and like and like you know about the whole sign scene, right? Where like, where like he silently yeah, confesses no, his uh, feelings to her at her fucking doorstep, like like at her fucking doorstep. She's married, by the way, which makes this so unethical. And apparently, and and, and, and and apparently, people like that scene just because they want to be transported back to the two thousands for some fucking shit. Like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. And, I'll 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 give this movie credit. Um, the all I want for Christmas sequence sung by that girl. What's her name? Joanna. Like she's good. Like you know she performed the song well. And I also like that. And I also like the romance between Martin Freep, between these two like scene partners who are like doing a pornography film together or some shit. Like I think that's solid. Mm. And Colin Firth's romance with the Portuguese woman. I think that's sweet. But everything else about the movie is just so not great and all power to the people who like this movie sure but i don't know it's just not for me i don't know yeah 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 sorry this is yeah. like, this, this was a long also like also, also no, like, i'm not yeah. also i'm not really a fan of like richard curtis's writing how he like writes romantic stories however the only like literally the only good thing that he's written or directed is about time and about time is a really sad and down-to-earth and down-to-earth romantic movie about a guy who travels back in time and like like into different moments of his into different moments of his life and it's more than just a time travel story it's about not taking life for granted and it's about and it's also about loving yourself and loving the people in your life and the film also has a great romance between Donald Gleason and Rachel McAdams in which in which to have a happy life together and they're married and they have kids like that's the type of romantic movies that i really love you know like i don't know yeah yeah i can't unfortunately i can't add much to this cuz timmy you should I... watch about time it's really good sure uh, maybe um let me see if i've seen anything i know i saw yesterday uh and that kind of was bad <laughs> oh my god um, yeah that 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 movie that 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 has everybody forget about the beatles like fuck you <laughs> yeah oh that truly god. was like a fan fiction type movie exactly um, such such pure fan fiction movie if the beatles never existed like why it wouldn't be a better place if the Beatles never existed. Okay, like what was the point? Ugh. Apparently, he wrote Warhorse. Uh, huh? I I haven't seen the Richard Curtis. Apparently, he wrote Warhorse, the Steven Spielberg movie. I haven't seen it since I was in high school, so I can't me really too. speak to that like, now. Yeah, I can't really speak um, on Warhorse. Like, oh, let me. Oh, it's like, oh, let me go watch. 
oh, let me go watch this Spielberg classic War Horse. Like, nobody's going to watch War Horse. Literally nobody is going to revisit that shit. <laughs> Come on. Um, And then the rest, I... I, I have no interest in seeing that. Uh, like it, I have zero. Like it, it look. I have zero, zero appeal to my taste. Like Bridget Jones's Diary and um, um, Notting Hill and then Mamma Mia. All this stuff. I have like zero interest in watching any of these movies. Hey, maybe Mamma Mia is a classic, maybe, bro. <laughs> maybe the boat that rocked, which is a uh, a movie that he actually directed and wrote. Uh, this looks kind of interesting. I, I guess I might I might watch this, but everything else from him. I have like zero appeal, zero appeal to me. I have zero interest in. So, um, yeah. Uh, wait, did Richard Curtis do Love It? Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. The- yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he has his fans, I guess. Like, yeah. I can't say I'm one of them because none of his movies have ever appealed to me that well. But so. Yeah. Yeah, all right. So that's that's my number four. What's your number four? <laughs> uh, number four is uh, Speed Racer, directed by the Wachowskis. Um, <sighs> yeah, I mean, I was tempted to just put a bunch of Wachowski films on here because I think like a, I I okay, I haven't seen Bound and I haven't seen Sense Eight and I haven't seen Cloud Atlas in a very long time. Uh, so. Who knows? Maybe those might change my mind, but I sincerely believe that the Wachowskis have made one good movie, and then they've been writing that shit ever since. Because, um, yeah, everything else that they've made are range from either laughably pathetic to just really fucking frustrating to sit through. Um, but they're ambitious. I, I'll give them that. But yeah, uh, but I chose Speed Racer specifically because uh, one, I couldn't cram every matrix sequel on here um but also just to this is a movie that for some reason people like like i i mean i'm not trying to like be judgmental to people like the movie like go ahead and like whatever you want but like i guess i'm trying to understand what it is that people like about the movie that hasn't been done better in like every other so like city i know you like the movie so you can explain to me really yeah like, like yeah like so when i heard about this film i was on i i i was at this firm belief that i don't think we've ever had a single good live action anime adaptation i mean this was before the one piece show came out but even then i didn't think it was like the best best thing in the world it was like good it was but so but so that's good enough for me um but beforehand i had never i was firmly believed that like every live action anime uh, anime adaptation sucked ass uh, but I think someone told me about this and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, people seem to like, actually like this one. Um, and yeah, I saw it and um, I wish I hadn't because uh, it was the equivalent of um, watching someone have an epileptic seizure for two hours. So, you know, like it's, um, I I think what my, I could go on. I like, I have like an entire, I, I have my own podcast, by the way, I should point that out. And I do want to have an entire conversation about this on my, on my podcast at some point. But for now, the, the main thing that I'm really confused about with this film is just what exactly about it, like that people are putting this on a pedestal. Like apparently people are like, oh, it's like trying to be purposefully like a live action cartoon. It's such a wacky, like, out of this world experience the colors are so cool like the action is so wacky and all that blah blah blah, Mm -hmm. all this other stuff and like okay 
like you could the way that people describe this movie you could equally use those descriptions to describe shark boy and lava girl spy kids 3d like the cat in the hat movie starring mike myers it's like those are equally the same thing as as speed racer but no one's putting those on a pedestal like no one's saying like those movies are masterpieces yet everyone is saying this one is but they do the exact same thing so i'm just like so what is i, I and i'll let you chime in but like sure, yeah. so yeah just explain to me what you like about that because i'm okay. i always struggle to to understand what it is what exactly the appeal is of this film well i think the appeal of speed racer is that this is that this movie knows that it's a live action anime adaptation if that makes sense like yes like a lot of these characters have weird have weird na- weird first names and last names and but that's not the problem though the problem is they suck the acting sucks in the film like Emil Hirsch is like shockingly similar to like Justin Chatwin's character from Dragon Ball Evolution mm. like obviously it's not on the same level obviously he doesn't suck as bad but it, like it felt like the same thing where it's like I'm a cool guy I'm a edgy teenager cool guy like and that's it that's his character and like all the characters they didn't they didn't seem to understand what kind of movie they were in like like let's not pretend like John Goodman understood like the kind of movie he was in or Susan Sarandon what kind of movie she was in like none of the none of the acting was like consistent with the tone whatsoever everyone sucks in the film like maybe Matthew Fox was okay but like that was about it like everyone else was awful like okay okay i am going to counterpoint and say that John Goodman plays one of the best movie dads in cinema history in my opinion just because like he genuinely cares about speed like all of his families and whatever and like the racer family is a fun dynamic to me like (laughs) like you know like the pet chimp is a nice touch like it adds to the campiness of what the film of what the film is he was just time wasting like every time the chimp and and every time spritel and chim chim showed up i literally wanted to gouge my eyes out i was like this is just time wasting baby time bullshit it's like just get to the point already like what do you like like like, what do you mean i like spiral and chip like they're so they're so fun i thought they were funny you know like it's 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 great and also like like humor for 10 year olds it's like oh look it's funny because the small child and the monkey are hopped up on sugar and they're running around on their gopros crazy it's like wow this was like i guess this was funny when i was like eight but like I'm a grown ass adult now, and like the none of this, this is just like cringe, like like try hard humor, you know. It's like that's what makes it funny. I don't know, like that's it just makes I, I, I don't I, like I don't know that type of shit makes me laugh for some reason. I just couldn't help it, but like and like yes, the visuals aren't that great, but like it adds to the visual appeal. Ugly to of look what, at. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, sure. But like, despite it's like questionable visual appeal, like the film is a statement on like on on capitalism, corporate greed, like in terms of like, like in terms of like, in terms of like the racing car business or whatever. And you have this like, and you have this like greedy loser tycoon who is like, 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 like who is so over the top that you can't help but like, that you can't help but like be enjoyed by this character also Hiroyuki Sonata is in this movie like what more could you want from it and I don't know like who does nothing he's like barely in the movie like it doesn't matter listen listen if Hiroyuki Sonata is in a movie it's an immediate five star for me I don't care but like (laughs) but like I don't know the fight like and also like the racing sequence to me 
they're so awesome and that moment where like and that moment where like speed are they like yeah yeah they are like the racing sequences are really they're so goddamn cool and the moment where like where like speed like screams into his car and he and he goes for a race around i think i think it goes so hard and the whole backstory with like racer x and who he actually is like it hit me and how the movie ends is so awesome because like speed won the race his family comes together and they all celebrate it's it's genuinely great yeah but it's not earned though like it, it, there's it just earned? this insistence there's it's, it's it's this insistence of struggle and 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 conflict but there's nothing like that it's just constantly like oh it's a baby movie this is a movie for the baby so we gotta like insist that like it's it's mm-hmm. like it's it's some epic struggle to like you know come up first but it's like i don't know it's like when you keep t- telling me these things about like oh it's like anti-capitalist and like anti-environmental but like I don't know. So is Avatar, but like Avatar is like more respectful of my like intelligence and my time. And like that's also equally just like a huge CGI, like, you know, like spectacle or whatever. I I guess like, okay, like I, okay, so I I understand that you connect with the film a lot and that's perfectly acceptable because I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna agree with you on that. And that's just fine. But, I, I I guess like when I watched the racing sequences the first time I the first racing yeah it was fun it was it was okay it was decent but then like I guess like once they just spam every race like every 10 to 15 minutes it's a new race and a new race and a new race I just got so exhausted and I was just like I am so sick and tired of this like I don't the movie's like two over two hours for just like zero reasons it's just like it's a speed racer movie I guess it's over two hours like I don't know like when I'm thinking of like cool car chase, like racing scenes, like I'm not thinking of this movie. I'm thinking of like Mad Max Fury Road or like Redline or, you know, a number of other car movies that I can like fucking Furious 7 from the Fast and Furious franchise had more satisfying car related chases than this movie. Like that's how, like, you know, yeah. So, but. Yeah, yeah I, fair point about Mad Max Fury Road and Redline. I still haven't seen Redline. I should watch that. So, you should. It's a really good movie. And do you like Redline better than Speed Racer? Um, I haven't seen Redline since I was like sixteen. Uh, but I but from memory, yeah, I do like Redline more than uh, Speed Racer. Yeah, it's like yeah. basically the better version of Speed Racer. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll give that a watch then. <laughs> yeah, and and also like. I think you can do something like this in a way that's like not embarrassing to sit through. Like I'm when I'm thinking of like a oh like a hyper stylized flashy colors like stylized action scenes type movie. Like I don't know. Like Scott Pilgrim did this better. Like Scott Pilgrim versus the World like does exactly what Speed Racer is doing so much better in terms of the stylized action, the color, the music, like the characters. Like because the characters in Scott Pilgrim are also kind of like an anime type people, but like it makes sense within the context of the story that they're telling. It makes sense within the context of the narrative that they're trying to tell. But with this, it's just like. I don't know. There were cool races, I guess, and that was about it. And there was a monkey and there was a small child and they did crazy monkey small child shit. And yeah, like I I just think that like for I just think this movie needed to cut more fat out of its 
out of its runtime and there was already so much fat like if you cut all the sprite all and shim shim stuff out of the movie it literally would change zero things about the film like nothing would be changed the plot would be the exact same the story would be exact same like just just focus it on like speed and his dad and his mom and their relationship and also trixie and then you know racer x just focus it on those core five people and then just tell a compelling story about you know a brother you know trying to live up to his his older brother's expectations and like talent or whatever, because, you know, he looked up to, to his brother and I don't know. I, I just think that like this movie is just so overindulgent and so like, it, it's like watching a kid like hopped up on sugar. It's like the equivalent of like, that's the equivalent of this movie. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a fair point. It's a fair point. You know, like, you know, like you do have fair points, but the appeal of Speed Racer for me is great. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. There's nothing I can do to change that. So right. Yeah. Uh for my number three, um, it is apparently an 80s classic or 90s. I don't know if it's 80s or 90s. Um, yeah, it's 90s. Uh uh Groundhog Day. Wow, okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't like Groundhog Day at all. I didn't like it when I first watched it, and I didn't like it now. Like, like, like. Yes, it does pave the way for like time loop movie movies or whatever. And if, if and sure, Bill Murray like was it yeah. the first time loop movie? I, I, I. Well, I mean, I'll look this up. Hold on. Well, I mean, it revolutionized time loop movies. Like that's why, like people like like that's why people call like time loops like the groundhog day effect because of this movie specifically and okay and and and, like what i don't like Mm -hmm. about this classic movie is that some of the jokes in this movie are pretty dated and that's coming from bill murray who was like an 80s (laughs) like who was like a 70s or 80s like comedy legend back in the day but like those movies back then like uh like animal house caddyshack or um or i don't know like um what else has he been in? Or 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 Ghostbusters even like Ghostbusters does have like good humor, like wow. like, like does have like good humor back then. But like in terms of like Animal House stripes or um or I don't know. And again, Caddyshack like some of the humor in there is pretty dated. Groundhog Day has pretty dated humor, but some good jokes and how like and how like Bill Murray's character like gets out of the loop is that he sleeps with. Andy McDowell, in which her character is her co-worker? Like, what? Like, that's just so fucking weird to me. Like... I like, just interpreted I- it more as, um, like, Andy, fi- Andy McDowell's character finally, like, seeing Bill Murray's not, like, a schmuck and more just, like, a oh, actual good person and all that other stuff. I, I don't know. I'm not, like... I, I don't feel one way or I thought it was fine. I've only seen Groundhog Day once and I thought it was like fine. It was like okay. I didn't think it's like this masterpiece that everyone kept saying it was, but I certainly don't hate it as much as you. I thought it was like you know, the the humor was consistently funny uh for me. Uh but I think that's more just because of Bill Murray's performance and less the writing. Um I haven't seen a lot of those like early um national lampoon movies that you're talking about like animal house and caddyshack and all this other stuff so um i can't really speak to those but i i guess like for me i just found the concept like the the more 
interesting thing about it like the whole like stuck in a time loop and like all these like crazy things happening like obviously now it's been like played to death but like i guess for what they were going for it was pretty pretty interesting it was decent like i i i I, my interest was held from beginning to end i'll say that like i i was never bored while watching the film or frustrated so yeah i don't know i just wasn't i just wasn't a fan of his character at all like the entire movie he's like the entire movie he's essentially an asshole like a like a complete narcissist of a person and like and and, i don't know for me like it's kind of made worse that he's like that 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 he's like wooing his coworker a bit to like learn to like i guess learn that he's a smug but like you don't you don't really need someone in your life to like be a better person you can like (laughs) you can have you can be your own like you can literally be your own better person just by just by like i don't know like like just by just like i don't know taking a walk or just by i don't know taking a walk reading a book or like taking a walk reading a book uh, do some shopping or whatever or whatever or whatever or like try different hobby it's like i think a better movie in terms of like in terms of of like never too late to like you know grow up or like be or like like or like to become a better person without your partner is 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 one of my favorite movies of all time the worst person in the world a a, a movie from a a newbie a movie from Oslo Norway about this about this woman in her 20s who has this boy like like who's been in a relationship with this guy and she soon learns that like she's not and she soon learns that she's not really happy and she wants to be her own woman. It's like, it, it, it's such a great character study. Whereas with Groundhog Day, it's a pretty half-assed character study to me. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I, I mean, I wish I could defend the movie, but I don't feel that strongly about Groundhog Day anyway. Yeah. So it's like, but, I, but, I, but, yeah. but I see your points. I get, I get what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, however, if you want a better time loop movie that is actually funny and has a genuinely good romance and great writing look no further than palm springs starring andy samberg oh yeah yeah that was good i i liked that a lot yeah i mm-hmm. really yeah i love palm springs like so much one of my favorite movies ever it's really good i want to watch it again soon after like, Brooklyn Nine Nine, I think I'll just see anything with Andy Samberg because that's how much I like um yeah, like the actor. I love Andy Samberg, pop star, pop star, hot rod. Like he's so he's so funny. I love that guy. But yeah, mm-hmm. so that's that's my number three. What's your number three? <laughs> uh, so my number three, I put uh this. So this was a recent one. I put uh twenty eight weeks later. Um oh oh the sequel to twenty eight days later. I never watched that. Yeah, um, I'll make this one short because I honestly I don't have much to say other than so I so over on on October, I watched both of these for the first time. I had never seen either film before, and I figured, well, I've I've watched Open Season Scared Silly too many times, so I figured <laughs> I watch something else now. Why? Why'd um, you watch that so many times? <laughs> I don't know, just because I felt like it. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so. What was I saying? Oh yeah, so yeah, I saw Twenty Eight Days Later, which, uh, which I'm really happy now because I so I have I haven't seen a lot of Danny Boyle stuff. Um, I've seen 
Steve Jobs I've seen yesterday and I and now I've seen this. So uh but there are plenty of Danny Boyle movies now that I need to check out. So like Train Spotting is like yeah. high on my list. Um Sunshine is high on my list. Uh uh what was the movie with the Oh, Slumdog Millionaire, that was it. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, 124 hours. Yeah. They're, yeah, all high on my list. But um, yeah, 28 days late eight uh 28 days later was great. I thought it was a really exciting and like genuinely terrifying zombie film uh that I was like really enthralled from beginning to end. It had like some stupid parts and like some bad parts, like the main girl acting was really bad and um oh, the, the final third no, they they had like a small girl. It was like oh, Brendan Gleeson's yeah. daughter, or whatever. She was awful. She can't act for shit. And then like yeah. the last third was like kind of stupid. It was like I get what they were going for, but like in terms of like the practicality of the final action scene, it was kind of unbelievable to watch. But whatever, it's a zombie movie. Whatever, I guess that that's just how it is. Uh, but then I watched Twenty Eight Weeks Later, um, and I didn't really know what to expect other than people seem to like the movie like when i looked the movie up on letterbox like it seems to have like a decent amount of like fans so i was like oh okay maybe this will be decent and no it was awful like it was an awful awful movie like it's it, it they basically took all the good parts about 28 days later and then just removed them and then just replaced it with the most generic zombie movie ever but also really bad too like the the first like 10 minutes of 28 weeks later was actually kind of fun i actually like the the opening 10 minutes it was um robert carlisle and his family are like hiding yeah. out in a house away from like zombies or whatever and i mean it was still filled with like stupid clichés and like cheesy moments that you'd find in any other zombie movie but it was still like fun it was i, I at least felt something when i was watching it but then the rest of the movie i just had this like blank look on my face because i was feeling nothing the entire time the rest of the film like and also just like the writing is just so dog shit in this film too like like there are these bits with like jeremy renner and like the other army people be like yo bro whoa, whoa, whoa. i thought we were gonna out go out fight or whatever wait wait jeremy renner's in this movie yeah he's in the movie yeah he's like oh, yo bro and- thought we were gonna kill some zombies yeah <laughs> you uh yeah we're gonna kill zombies it was like that the entire time and i was like <laughs> oh god i'm cringing so hard and then like the film is just oh my god it seems like for for a complex military like like hub you know because like london is under control by the american military i guess they brought the most dumbass american generals and like soldiers ever because apparently if they just let one zombie just run free and they not only just allow one zombie to run away, run around free in the facility, but can it easily kill and infect like all the soldiers trying to stop the zombie? It's just all this impractical nonsense followed by impractical nonsense followed by impractical nonsense that I'm just like, this is stupid. Like, I, I hate this. I hate all of this. Like, it's like that nothing that sounds, matters whatsoever. That sounds nothing really made stupid. any sense. Like, like. Like, to have a zombie in a military complex at the risk of the zombie infecting all of the soldiers, the soldiers being the last line of defense, 
Like yeah, well, like what? it's it's even more stupid than than I make it sound because basically, so Robert Carlyle's wife or whatever, like she got like infected by the zombies in the beginning of the film. Uh, she basically he basically left her to die so that he could save himself. Oh. Uh, but then the kids just magically find her in this random house somewhere is some in in the middle of bumblefuck nowhere. Um, they find her. And then the military haul her ass to the military complex. And apparently she has like the gene for the virus or something, but she herself is not a zombie or, or something. And then Robert Carlyle, who apparently is this top tier military person, because he could easily just walk into the military facility and then walk into the room where his wife is held captive, because apparently you can just do that as a civilian. Like he's like, look, I, I messed up sorry lol just a prank whatever and she's wow. like oh no i forgive you now please kiss me and then they kiss and then you were like and then the movie actively reminds you oh but remember she still has the virus even though she herself is not a zombie and then after they kiss robert carlyle just becomes a zombie and then once he becomes a zombie he's able he's not only able to unlock all these doors but also able to kill all the soldiers within the facility of these doors and it's just like I, it was that and keep in mind this is like oh, oh by the way keep in mind all of this happens after an hour into the film so like beforehand literally nothing is happening like it is so boring it is insanely boring just like watching people talk and talk and talk and like more talk and more cringe dialogue and it's just like and more like boring shit that like literally doesn't matter it's just like everyone's having their thing but in the end it doesn't matter it's like oh look keep in mind i have kids i'm gonna remind you again i have kids one more time i have it's like it's like what am i in second grade like yeah so like it's just it's just a it's so boring and it's also so incompetent like it's genuinely like an insult to my intelligence the movie and i guess people like it for some yeah. reason so yeah 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 28 weeks later sounds like a pretty uh stupid movie like i don't like like i don't know like yeah. I, like and it, even but like the the worst also, part is is that like 28 days later later is like a really exciting like really innovative like zombie movie but this is just like the complete like this is just it they took everything that was like fun and scary about zombies and then just made it boring it's like they made like a generic zombie movie like and that's like yeah, the worst the problem, it can be you know? yeah yeah so. the problem is like danny boyle didn't even direct this so-called sequel like it was a different person no, who made and, it and he didn't like understand and alex the garland assignment. Didn't, and alex garland didn't write the alex garland was the writer of the 28 days later he didn't come back to write the sequel either so it's like basically just a new team yeah um, are you excited for a uh, civil war his next movie yeah i am yeah, yeah, I like Alex too. Garland a lot. Yeah, yeah I, I, I want to give men another chance because I feel like I was a bit too harsh on men because I guess I didn't understand the assignment, basically. Um, but I liked Ex Machina. I still haven't seen Annihilation. I, I want to give Annihilation, Annihilation a chance before fantastic. I watch uh, Civil War. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. Annihilation is so fucking good. Hot take: I like Annihilation more than Ex Machina. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right yeah so yeah that's i think that okay so that's that was your number three right and my number two is um so basically my so, so basically it was tough to like pick like any like movie from the marvel cinematic universe that i don't really like or i'm not a fan of so i ultimately oh okay yeah yeah so i ultimately went with uh 
Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. Yeah. Um I don't I don't know. Like at first, like like first time I saw this movie, like it was a it was a theater experience that I could honestly never forget. Like it was a whole family affair. I went with my parents, I went with my sister, sibling, and and like and like our family friends. It was a whole it was a whole thing that we did and it was great. You know, it was you know, it was a fun theater experience. But then like but then like the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, okay, this isn't this isn't exactly a good Spider-Man movie then. Like like sure it does like cap off like Peter Parker's like story arc in the MCU, I guess, but as a whole, like this movie is just it's just a complete corporate corporate project done by Marvel to like generate to, to like generate excitement for Spider-Man fans to bring back these like two well-known Spider-Man actors for like this big like crossover event for the people to see. And I know this and I know this just sounds so pretentious of me to say, but like this movie doesn't but this movie doesn't really have a proper like three act structure. It just uh, it just like makes up everything that they go like a and this two and a half hour Spider-Man movie or or whatever, like or whatever. Like sure it has some emotional moments like Aunt May's death, but 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 there is literally a better Aunt May death in Insomniac Spider-Man. And you also have and of course like Willem Dafoe's performance is great. Like Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin is such a great performance. And it was nice to like see Alpha Molina play play Doc Ock in it again, I guess. But this entire movie is just one big, like, live-action cartoon. And it's not really that much pretty to look at. And when you watch the scene... And when you watch the scenes when when Toby and Andrew appear, like, it feels like you're watching a sitcom with no laughing track. Like, what? Like, and... And also, and also there were these, like... There was a lot... Like, a lot of these, like, paused moments are meant for, like, audience reactions. Like, you can tell when you watch this movie at home. It's not... And also, like, half of the jo- and also half of the jokes in these movies are just not that great to me. Like, I don't, I don't know. And I mean, Andrew yeah, Garfield. Yeah, I. No, and, go ahead. Yeah, finish it. And also, and also yeah, like Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker, it was great to see him again. He's one of my favorite. Like, he's basically my favorite live action version of Peter Parker. Like, I know it's a bit of a bias of me to say this, but but I genuinely think he's such a great actor to like play Peter, and he does a great. And he does a great performance in these amazing Spider-Man movies and in this movie too. And it's nice that he like saved, and it's nice that he saved MJ, Michelle, whatever the fuck her name is, just so that he could like feel some resolution that he didn't really save Gwen to begin with. And like, and like, and and I, and I also hate the fact that, that like, that, and also hate the fact that these live action Peter Parker, Peter that these live action Spider-Man movies don't let Peter grow up. Like it's, and it's so infuriating to me. Like literally the Spider-Man trilogy, like tells a better Peter Parker story. Like, like tells a better Peter Parker story. The, um, the, uh, the Insomniac games tell a better Peter Parker story. Hell, hell, spectacular Spider-Man tells a better Peter Parker story, even though that show was canceled after 26 episodes. And and also the same thing with the comics too. The comics don't let Peter Parker grow. The comics don't let 
Peter Parker grow up in a way. And granted, I hate Far From Home more than No Way Home to begin with. But like, far, but I don't think Far From Home is that like is that popular to begin with. So I chose the more popular option, which is No Way Home, one of the most overrated movies of all time, if you ask me. So yeah, uh, Timmy, what's your take remember, on No Way Home? <laughs> remember when uh, when Spider Man? Fuck, I all these titles are so. What's the third one? No, No Way Home. Yes, Far From Home is the Europe edition, right? Exactly. Yeah, you called. Yeah, yeah, you famously okay. called it Spider Man European edition. <laughs> I also said uh, Spider-Man too far away from home I think in the <laughs> yeah. in the in the in the middle section yeah I um I see I don't want to sound like I'm a superhero like Marvel cuckshill cuz that is not what I am a- at all um and I'm not some like corporate like shill either but I I do think some of what you're saying okay I agree on some of your points that like the the they I, I rewatched clips of the film. I didn't rewatch the whole film, but I rewatched the clip of when Andrew showed up and there was this long ass gap between when he jumps into the scene and then when he starts talking. And I'm like, yeah. oh, they purposely like artificially made that as long as possible so that yep. it gives enough time for audiences to cheer. That was like really like corporate and really stupid to watch. Um I don't know. I guess maybe it's because I'm a dumb fanboy um because i grew up with watching toby Maguire's films but i think that the way the villains are incorporated into the film is surprisingly not stupid like it's like i i, I, I agree what stupid. you're saying when when i say stupid. that <laughs> i agree with what you're saying and that like they just made shit up along the way like that was clearly obvious it's like oh if 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 casting the spell is so important then why didn't like eggs benedict cumberbitch like say from the beginning that like yo you need to be clear what you want so that i didn't i don't like fuck up this spell and it causes like a rift in the multiverse or whatever like why didn't he do that i don't know like and also why did um why 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 is it's it's it, that's the question it's like why like why is all this happening why is this why is that and in the end, I guess that doesn't really matter. What matters is to the, oh, remember this? Like, remember this villain from this Spider-Man movie and all yeah. that stuff? And, like... It's just so I guess, in like, your it, face. Like, oh, my God. I guess it delivers on what it's trying to succeed, I guess. And and to be honest, I, I actually like the, the, the relationship between all three Spider-Man. Like, I thought they had a lot of charisma. I, I'm sorry, chemistry, that was it. Yeah, they chemistry. have a lot of chemistry. I think they... I mean, yeah, they do. Like, they work. They work off each other very well. Like, I, I really hated the. I like about this, but yeah, I really hated like the really stupid obligatory references to like the memes or whatever. Like when when like Toby Spider Man's like, "Ugh, my back! I I can't crack yeah. it or whatever." Like, and it's like, oh my god! Like, and then I, I thought for sure he was gonna say pizza time at some point. I'm honestly shocked that he didn't say pizza time whatsoever too, in the film. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, but um i don't know like it, it like it was like a fun movie though like at the end of the day you know like when i'm watching these marvel movies because keep in mind i'm not like a comic book like superhero fan or anything like i'm not like i'm not like religiously like following these movies like it's the bible or some shit like i i only like occasionally see these movies in the theaters and like it's been a long while it's like it, it, it almost felt like the how i felt when i watched like thor ragnarok where it's like 
yeah, this is bad, but I guess it isn't as bad as everyone else is saying. But at the same time, I haven't seen like a Marvel movie in theaters at that point in like years. So it's like I like zero context for like the cringe, like funny, like cringe jokes and stuff like that, because it just felt like the same kind of jokes in like almost every other Marvel movie, if you ask me. But like anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that with this film, you know, but still, there were some fun action scenes. Like, I liked the action scene between uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, and um, what's his name? Doc Ock. That was it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought that was, like, kind of... I thought that was a really clever fight scene. And then um, yeah. uh, I liked uh, the reveal. Even though I knew it was coming, I still thought it was... Re- like, Willem Dafoe really is, like, the saving grace of the movie. Because, like, when Spider-Man catches um green goblin like he's like faking the whole time like when he's finally gets caught like his face changes to like the the green goblin face or whatever i thought that was really fun i thought that was a really cool scene and then the fight scene between tom holland and willem dafoe in like the apartment complex that was also fun like it's it's like i just remember i'm i yeah i just remembered like the tension in that movie theater like really really well like everybody was like holding their breath like the entire time like waiting for that reveal to like you know happen so yeah yeah and i i i you know i i i i i'm i'm not disagreeing with what you're saying you're totally right because at the end of the day this is like a corporate product to generate a shit ton of money um but you know it was at least like a entertaining corporate product that made a shit ton of money um sure yeah you know yeah and i but i but i am a bit frustrated with the fact that like clearly like all of the attention it, it was like 60 percent willem dafoe uh 30 percent alfred molina and then like 10 percent jamie fox and then fuck all for the rest of the villains like i was a, a kind of a bit disappointed in that because i would have liked to have at least seen more character from like Thomas Hayden church because he is like one of the best things about Spider-Man three, but whatever, I guess we, I can't, we can't win them all. We can't win everything. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Like half of like, uh, like, and I don't know, like to me, how they introduce these villains is kind of stupid to me. Like, like, uh, like how exactly like did these villains like leave their respective original scenes like into like, like into this movie. And also, and also it, and also this movie has such <laughs> has such a notable that has such a noticeable and like stupid plot hole in which like Doc Hawk seemingly knows like like seemingly knows Norman Osborne and he basically knew that like he died and that he knew that he was Green Goblin like 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 which what like which makes no sense because nobody outside of because literally nobody outside of the Osborne mansion knew he was Green Goblin besides Bernard. Bernard literally says in Spider-Man 3, I've seen things in this house that I've never spoken of. I I, I didn't really think about that because I just assumed that like the press got... I mean, like, you know, when someone dies of stab wounds, I just assume that like, oh, what, what the hell happened? Like someone would have investigated that shit. But uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't really think about that. Yeah, and also, um, and, and also, and, and also, like it makes no sense that like that like Electro even like knows who Kurt Connor is because like didn't because I don't know like didn't didn't Max like start working at Oscorp for like 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 just now in like 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 in like Amazing Spider Man two and didn't um and didn't nothing um, worked 
I thought they worked around the same time. I haven't seen the amazing movies in like years, so you'll yeah, you're a better expert on this than I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And didn't like Connors like get fired from Oscorp just because the, he was the lizard? So like, how the fuck would he know that? Like, like, like I don't know. And like, we just assume that like also, it's also, like, it, it's like fan fiction. It it really is. It's like fan fiction. It's like they're filling Spider-Man, in the gaps. Would be like, it's literally Spider Man fan fiction. Like, yeah, like, it is. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And also, like, how they incorporated Thomas Hayden Church, just, like, Sandman is so stupid. He's literally just talking sand the entire time. They couldn't even bother to, like, put Thomas Hayden Church into this movie, like, 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 into this movie during COVID. Like, how Marvel, like, managed, and also, like, if you were, and also, like, if you weren't gonna put, like, if you couldn't put Thomas Hayden Church as Sandman into the movie, then don't fucking use him at all. Don't CGI him into this movie if he wasn't available literally the batman was shot and filmed during covid and it became a masterpiece like i don't i don't really like 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 i don't really like see this type of excuse of like spider-man no way home's like shitty direction and like 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 shitty direction and like crappy visuals into like I don't really get like, like I don't really get like people's like counterpoints in terms of like how the film was shot during COVID in terms of like shitty direction and shitty visuals, and and just like these like nonsensical cuts between it and also like with the third act you can barely see shit during this third act you can barely see Toby or Andrew like swinging around like like when you watch those. Like when you watch that sequence, it's really, really hard to look at. Like I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing with anything with what you're saying. Right, yeah. um, and I don't but even yeah. like, I don't even like love the movie at all. I, I thought it, I, I, I definitely, uh, fell into the hype when I first saw it because I remember I gave it like a seven, uh, when I first saw it. Uh, but then I dropped it down to like a six at some point because like I've based on how you guys, you and like John and other people that I've talked to talk about this movie, I'm like, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So I dropped it down to a six. So and I haven't seen the movie since then. I've seen clip. I've rewatched clips, but I've never seen the whole film again. Um, but in my memory, I I all the things you're talking about. Yeah, it's stupid and they're plot points, blah, 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 whatever. But in my memory, what I remember about the film isn't that I'm just purely remembering the fight scenes and the fight scenes were entertaining. Like I they were way better shot than like in the previous films, they'll say that. Like the right, yeah. the fight scenes in in the first two Spider-Man movies were just really awful. Like I I hated the way the fight scenes were it just really bland cinematography. Yeah, um, I know. Just so bland. And this one, but think, like but this one also is... had bland cinematography. This one also had bland cinematography, but at least like the fight scenes, like got a little better cinema cinema so at least like they were a little better shot this time because i did like how the doc ock fight was shot and i liked how the uh green goblin fight scene was shot you know it's like it's a little better but... right right yeah but i mean like homecoming is solid i like the coming of age aspect and michael keaton's performance but you're right some of the like spider manning sequences in it are not really that great so yeah, it's like if an inter directed like the fight scenes in that movie it's like it's so boring yeah. to look at so yeah, it's just such a shame like some... that a yeah, it's just such a shame that a talented director isn't like isn't making like a live action Spider Man movie anymore. You know, like nobody's doing it like Sam Raimi. 
And it's such a shame. Clearly, you haven't seen the masterpiece that is Spider-Man Lotus, directed by a baby. (laughs) Directed by a child. Oh, my God. A racist child. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but I'm not too jazzed about the fourth Spider-Man film, but unless they make it street level and they have- Oh, yeah, they are making a fourth Spider-Man film, I forgot yeah yeah like oh my god yeah yeah if this fourth spider-man movie is gonna work for me it has to be street level and it, like <laughs> like you gotta put the wrecking crew in there and you have to have kingpin as the villain you know like it's 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 the only it's the only way that i will ever like that, that, that i will ever have like tom holland spider-man in my favor again like i don't know so yeah that's my number two what's your number two uh, my number two is uh, Evil Dead 2013, Evil Ooh, Dead remake. Oh, yep, yep, yep. I, I know how much you hate this movie. So much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I already made a video about this movie on my channel if you're interested, but basically a long story yeah, a short is this movie is just, it's just violence and that's it. And I get like, you know, that's what the original Evil Dead was too, but like, there was at least charm and there was at least like charisma and there was at least like entertain there there was a lot of entertainment value watching like part of the appeal of the original evil dead is that it was like a really cheap horror movie made for like five dollars like they basically took my entire lunch money and then made a made a movie based off that like and it's like it's yeah it's there are like bad elements for sure like the acting isn't great and like there are some like cheap special effects but but what's important is how the movie was shot and how the movie was made like it was for a movie that's so cheap like the this the horror scenes really get you um and you know the possession scenes and you know just like the way the the movie shot just in general so much energy just really really just good to watch and then you compare it to this movie which is just like the most cw ass like fan fictiony type the whole remake of a horror horror classic ever where it's like the movie doesn't have the excuses that the original evil dead had like it doesn't have like the made for like five dollars type budget like it literally it has a budget of like around like i think 10 million or something but it has but for a movie that has so much more resources and so much more going for it it just fails on every single level like I think my biggest frustration with Evil Dead 2013 is just like the the tone is so whack. Like it, I have no idea what the film is going for tonally wise. Like I I thought at first it was trying to go for like a more serious version of, of Evil Dead, which is fine. I actually would have liked that. I would have liked to see an actual like serious attempt at something like Evil Dead. That would have been cool. But then, like, it doesn't commit to that at all. Like, it's constantly, like, jumping back and forth between, like, goofy, over-the-top, like, violence, at least the way it's presented. And then, like, they try to do the humor from Evil Dead 2, where it's, like, the demon-possessed girl was, like, uh, I'm your, your sister's gonna go to hell and all this other stuff. And I'm, like... Yeah jesus christ like what is this going for and then like at a certain point the violence just becomes so monotonous and so gratuitous i was just i was so checked out like i'm not the i i like a lot of i'm the type of guy that likes you know blood and gore in film like you know just throw me whatever you know but just make sure you have a point to it like violence is like is like nudity in movies it's like I'm fine with it. Go ahead and do it. But like, you, you just got to make sure that there has to be a point to what you're doing, but there's just no point. It's just like, oh, we're done with this violent horror scene next now to the next one and the next one and the next one. And it's like, 
so what am I, like, is this it? Like, is this all I'm getting from the film? Just like more violence, that's it? Like, if you're going to do that, at least make me care for the characters. But the characters are not it. First of all, all the actors suck in the film. They're like awful. They're like fucking CW Riverdale-esque, like, like, like actor performance. Like they're giving like performances that it's about the equivalent of like a CW drama show. It's like the same thing. They're just all like broody, edgy teenagers, but- we're supposed to expect that they're smart. They're smarter. It's been so long since I've seen this. So a lot of the details is like, like uh, fleeting from my head. But I remember distinctly that one guy, there was this one guy, he's like a teacher. He's like the nerd of the group or whatever. He's like, Oh yeah. Oh, don't him, yeah. open this book. Don't open this book because it looks dangerous. But then he, he opens just opens it anyway. It anyway. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> And then there's just so many stupid moments like that that I was just so fucking pissed off the whole time. I was just like, does anyone give a shit? Like, did anyone care when they were making this? Like, co- like, like, co- like, uh, continuity wise, did anyone care to check to make sure that, like, hey, this doesn't make sense? But no, I guess no, no one cared. All that mattered was the violence. Like, all that mattered was like, oh, wasn't it cool when that one demon girl jabbed the nerd with the with the injection needle into his eye? Wow, crazy. Wasn't it crazy when that one demon girl shot the nail guns into that guy's hand and his chest? Wow, crazy, cool, like... Yeah. It's so lame. It's like so pathetically try hard. That's what it is. Like that's the best way I can describe Evil Dead remake. It's pathetically try hard. It's like desperately trying to be It's like it's like a I I don't want to keep using this, but it's like when a 14-year-old like tries to write something deep by having like blood and gore and like boobs and sex and all this other stuff and everyone's saying fuck all the time. But it's like, yeah, but this is like what a 14 year old considers to be deep, you know, like this isn't like, but when you watch in the context of like a movie, it's just embarrassing to watch. And I'm not saying Evil Dead can't be deep. Like Evil Dead 2 is a comedy through and through. Like it's so fun. It's so, it's like one of the most entertaining movies ever, but there's still like, if you want to look for depth, there is depth in the movie, and you can you can look into that, but at, at its core, what it prioritizes being is just a fun, exciting, entertaining, and most importantly, well made, well directed, like horror comedy. You know, like I can remember so many things about Evil Dead Two right now at the top of my head. You know that I that I still distinctly remember because how of how they're shot. Well, this film, it's like I can barely remember anything about it because everything is just the same. You know, the color scheme is just the same. The violence is all just the same. You know, everything is just the fucking same. It's like, and and I felt nothing by the end where it's like, oh, it's so triumphant because she finally got the chainsaw and sawed the giant monster in half. That's cool. Okay. She was also dead for like most of the movie, so I couldn't get any character development from her whatsoever. So. Yeah, yeah, I also couldn't remember like how she didn't become possessed, how she, how she didn't not become a become possessed to begin with. Like that was just like so weird to me, you know. Like how well, did she, she got possessed of because of the because of the the rape tree, the Harv tree, yes, wine, yes. the Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, the yeah, Harvey yeah, yeah, yeah. Tree. I understand why she got possessed, but how did she not become possessed? Like that's just. <laughs> she died and then she came back that's literally it it's so stupid it's like yeah, no, it yeah. doesn't matter yeah. yeah 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 that literally sounds like pretty fucking stupid to me and like and like yes like the chainsaw scene is like really cool when she says he's done this motherfucker ah and 
and all like that's cool but like yeah like half of the but but yeah like the more i thought about from your video and the more and the more i thought about like the movie itself i'm thinking yeah like i don't i don't really think this is as good as i thought it'd be you know like the classic and this is the, movie the classic and iconic Evil Dead trilogy is so much better, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like everything that you love about the Evil Dead trilogy is just not in this movie, like at all. Nothing whatsoever. Like it's you don't have the fun, entertaining romp of Evil Dead 2. You don't have the scrappy, like, uh, like five dollar budget nature of evil dead one and you don't have the fun like goofy like fantasy comedy of of army of darkness like everything that made each of those movies great is like not in this movie so this movie is just it's just glorified fan fiction that's really what it is at the end of the day it's like really high it's like high budget and high budget is the wrong word like a lot of money was put in to make a fan fiction like that's that's all it is at the end of the day yeah and and i'm and this is one of the movies where i'm just i feel the most insane about putting a, with such a low rating because i'm looking at like all like the general ratings of this film and like it's a lot of like high scores and i'm just like am i just crazy and like am i just an asshole like is this what this is like <laughs> um yeah yeah, like, yeah, like, that's, like, that's weird how, like, those ratings, like, seem so higher to you. Like, 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 that's pretty weird. Like, a lot of people, like, do like this movie for some reason. Like, don't know why, but, but, uh, but I don't know, like, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah what are your thoughts I, on, I, I guess, what are your thoughts on Evil Dead Rise? Like, I know you did a podcast on it, so it's good. Yeah, okay. It's, yeah, it's the good version of Evil Dead Remake. Like, basically everything I wanted Evil Dead Remake to be is Evil Dead Rise. Like, it's like the movie that actually achieved what it wanted to be, you know? Like, it's yeah. I still would never consider it, like, as good as the original three Evil Dead films. But, like, there are still some really good stuff that I really did like. Um, you know, the possession scene I thought was really cool. And, like, all those, like fisheye a uh, fisheye lens like shots through like the um the what what you might call it the the people of the door or whatever yes yeah um all it was like filled with lots of good stuff i really i really i did and i think the the change in scenery because it's not in the woods anymore it's in like an apartment complex i thought that was really cool like a, a lot of good stuff in there um i still don't think it was like amazing or anything like yeah. but solidly entertaining like i would watch it again like that's that's the best thing i can say about it i could watch it again yeah me too i could definitely watch evil dead rise again you know so mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay like yeah like nice nice input on evil dead 2013 you know like you know like i like i kind of also feel the same way now the more i think about it but i'll definitely watch mm -hmm. evil dead 2013 again with a different perspective on that and yeah. you know so so, so yeah good uh so now before we get to our number one popular movie that we either don't like or hate uh let's get into some honorable mentions shall we uh sure i have trolls annie hall okay okay american beauty and jurassic world okay what do you have okay uh i just wrote a bunch here uh the, the uh i put i put the fifth element uh, all the Matrix sequels because they all stink, uh, <laughs> despite what people keep telling me otherwise. Um, uh, Elvis, uh, The Great Gatsby, all of Snyder's movies minus uh, Dawn of the Dead and Three Hundred. Um, 
all of Mel Gibson's movies, Mallrats, Signs, The Village, The Holiday, Elephant, all the Mission Impossible movies, I guess, and uh, Southland Tales. Uh, which I wasn't going to put originally, but then everyone's been gaslighting me into thinking it's a good movie. So, you know, I've never seen Southland Tales. <laughs> I would say don't, but I've. Yeah. Or, <laughs> I, or this is going to sound crazy. I've never seen Donnie Darko. <laughs> I saw Donnie Darko like a long time ago. I don't remember anything about it. I'll probably give that a rewatch at some point. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. I am convinced that the people who like Donnie Darko are in some kind of cult. You know, like, like, like Donnie Darko is the type of movie that you would like watch as a teacher that you would watch as a teenager being like, oh, man, like, this is so deep, man. Like, like, like the bunny is like so much more than that, you know, and I'm like, okay, cool. All right. Like, all I can know about Donnie Darko is that Jake Gyllenhaal is like creepy in it. And there's a guy in a bunny suit or whatever. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know much about yeah. it. And um, as for like Elephant, I still need to watch Elephant. And um, as far as um, as far as the Matrix sequels, like like Reloaded and um, Revolutions are good, but like I barely like, I disagree. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I barely remember. Yeah, exactly. Them. If you can barely remember them, then they probably weren't that great to begin with. Like, because well, I can barely remember it. I remember like three things about Reloaded, and they were all stupid. Uh, no, two of them were stupid. Uh, the, 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 the Neo fighting all the Smith clones. I remember that. I remember. Okay, actually, highway, no, I only remember two things. The highway, the highway sequence, scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The highway scene in Reloaded, though, it's pretty awesome. You know, like. In the sense that, like, yeah, it was, like, entertaining for the first, like, three minutes, but then it just goes on for fucking forever, and I'm just like, can we just end this already? Can we move on to something else, please? Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, I understand what you're saying, like, but in all honesty, even I can barely remember the chase scene. Like, I, everyone hypes up that chase scene in Reloaded, but if I'm being honest, I can barely remember anything about it. I remember, like... I remember like the 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 twins were driving a car and yeah. then um uh, Lawrence Fishburne like had a sword or something and like yeah. he's fighting some yeah, someone on top car of that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, and then Revolutions is just a gigantic piece of shit. It was it's just like okay, you clearly just didn't know what you were doing and you just make shit up along the way. Like it, that's just what it screams. So yeah and as far as resurrections like i think resurrections, resurrections is awful it is dog shit fan fiction it's that's the best way i can describe it right okay yeah but i'm going to counter and say that resurrections is actually a commentary on hollywood bringing on hollywood bringing back uh, like like unnecessarily like bringing back bringing back dead franchises like the matrix to make a matrix sequel out of it and it's a, and it's a pretty good meta commentary on on uh, on people appreciating the matrix and like why people You know how I know that's what the movie is about because it wouldn't keep shutting up about it cuz it wouldn't stop talking about how it's an unnecessary sequel you're like yeah i get it movie you didn't want to exist but you would still exist anyway you kept reminding me this every five minutes. I get it, movie. We understand. Let's move on now. Like, 
the only reason why I know that is because the movie wouldn't shut the fuck up about it whatsoever. Like it keeps telling you, oh, remember that time when Warner Brothers like wanted to make a sequel to the trilogy? No way. It's almost as if that's what's happening now. It's like this is like deep for like 10 year olds. It's like uh, this is like you would have to be like blind to not understand like that's what the movie is about and the, but even if that's the case like that's not what the second half is about whatsoever the second half is like a legit matrix sequel so it's like oh, okay so now it's not meta anymore now like the meta commentary is done now now we're doing like another generic matrix sequel now okay cool great whatever yeah, yeah. like listen 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 okay however that first teaser trailer for the matrix for uh, for resurrections, one of the best ever made. Like to me, you know, like how it starts and how it ends. Like it's so euphoric. Like I really, I really love this teaser trailer and how the teaser trailer trailer ends with back to where it all started, back to the Matrix. Like, it's great. It's it, it it hits every time. Like I don't know. Yeah, like, but I don't it's know also what to a trailer. Like, it's like it's edited to get you to be excited for something, but then when you watch the actual movie, it's just pointless garbage like that's ju that's just a trailer like the suicide squad trailer is also a good trailer but that doesn't mean the movie the suicide squad movie is a good movie you know yeah yeah fair yeah yeah fair point you know yeah yeah it's a fair point sure yeah okay uh also uh so other movies from your list were the um what else did you actually actually there were a ton that you put but yeah uh as for my honorable mentions trolls i don't I don't like trolls. I don't see the hype for trolls. Like trolls is is essentially like these these DreamWorks movies that were designed for like a fucking oh, baby the crowd. DreamWorks ones. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. know which one you were talking about. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I was the talking DreamWorks about one. yeah, I was talking about the one with Anna Kendrick and Justin Timberlake, and like they played these like and they played these two trolls protagonists in which they're a couple, but then they're not. Like it's so like they're like. <laughs> like their dynamic is just so fucking confusing to me and the songs are just are just the most like radio type of music that you hear at every goddamn like grocery store like jesus christ and the animation is not that great either like it has piss poor it has piss poor it has like piss poor voice acting and and, and, and i didn't even watch the sequels so like so like i can only have an opinion about the first movie like it's not it's Trolls really is just basically. Remember, Illumination Sing. Trolls is just basically DreamWorks's version of Sing. That's really yeah. what it is. And Sing is much better to me. I don't know. Like Sing has better songs than <laughs> no. Trolls. Like what? No. What? Sing no? isn't a good movie at all. Okay, yeah, but Sing. I mean, I saw like bits of. I I saw like thirty minutes of the first Sing movie, and I was like, I couldn't keep watching. I was just so done with the film. Um, okay, but Sing too. Trolls, I've never. Sing two though. Sing no, two I've is... never seen. I've never seen Sing two. Um, oh, okay. Trolls, I didn't think was even that popular to be something that everyone loved. But okay, if you say so. I haven't seen Trolls either. So um, yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 essentially yeah, it's essentially a fucking kids movie. And that's like uh, like like normally I wouldn't call like an animated movie a kids movie, but that's what Trolls is. You know, like DreamWorks like used to be established as this like as this like anti like disney like disney animation like studio by making but but by making like risque movies like shrek sinbad um how to train your dragon and even um and, and even spirit stallion of the cimarron like a, like like 
like DreamWorks made like all these like mature stories in animation form, and then they make something like Trolls. Like, why? I don't know. And also like, yeah. You know, and um, Annie Hall. I used to like Annie Hall, but then I realized, oh, Woody Allen directed this movie. I don't like Woody Allen, so I automatically don't like Annie Hall anymore. So well, okay, but but by that lot, okay, so. Yeah, but like independently though, Annie Hall's a good. I've never seen Annie Hall, so I can't really speak to this. But like independent, like I feel like you. This is a matter of like. I mean, you're entitled to however you want to judge art, but like for me, yeah. I'm like, I I judge art in the sense that like I separate the art from the artist type thing. Like I can acknowledge that like Roman Polanski's a piece of shit, but I can also acknowledge that Chinatown's like an amazing movie. You know, so it's oh, like. Yeah. So I'm not saying you have to do that, but like I, I just keep in mind that like there were more people who made the movie besides the director is what I'm saying. So but, mm, right, okay, you yeah. know, and, and, and given the fact that I haven't seen any hall since I was like I don't know 14, like I got like like well okay then like <laughs> I I mean it's your list I'm not gonna tell you what to do but you but know yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I haven't and, seen a ton of Woody Allen stuff. I I think I saw Midnight in Paris like once, and I barely remember anything about it. I've um, never seen Midnight in Paris, so like, so and I always like debate myself like, should I watch Midnight in Paris? Should I not? Like, you know, like a lot of people like this movie, you know, like, it's just yeah. Anyway. I don't know. And do whatever you want. It's, and also, and also, your life, so. and also, like, I am so scared to like log and rate a Woody Allen movie because. <laughs> because for me being a letterbox user with like <laughs> who already has like a thousand and seven hundred and twenty followers like i feel like i'm gonna be like looked at wrong if i even like if i even like log a woody allen movie you know what i mean like i don't know i mean do whatever you want like who get who cares you know just do do whatever you want I, like uh, maybe okay. i I I log in shitty animated movies all the time and i really could care less if anyone says otherwise so yeah uh American Beauty um is is such a pure Oscar Beatty type movie. This is the type of movie in which Kevin Spacey like like hits on his teenage daughter's like best friend and it won best picture. Like what like what I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. In what world does the academy think that 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 this is <laughs> that this is the type of movie that should be that, that should be considered best picture like seriously like, i haven't i don't i, I haven't don't seen understand. it so i can't i haven't seen it so i can't really speak to that so Ooh, um i'm yeah. sure like but like on a technical level it's like well made i mean it has to be otherwise it, it, it wouldn't is, have been nominated for best admittedly it's well made it's the type of story that it tells it's just not good you know like I don't so know. would you say the same thing, thing about something like stanley kubrick's lolita like because lolita is also about like um, like a grown man thirsting over a teenager, basically. I haven't seen Lolita, so I have no opinion okay. on that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and um, and as for Jurassic World, um, no one likes that movie. Come on, yeah. man! Like it's the most oh, mid thought, movie ever. Oh, I thought I thought people do like Jurassic World. I mean, like it made money. It made a billion dollars, so it must be popular, right? Like, well. Again, like minions made a billion dollars. That doesn't mean anything, you know? Like right. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean like I saw it. Like I saw it when I was like 14. 
you know, so and, and I was on like a big Jurassic Park high and like literally the Jurassic Park franchise is a, it's such a goddamn mistake. At what world do we need like more like Jurassic Park sequels? Literally Jurassic Park is about is about how greed is about how it's about how greed can it's about how greed is carried away through like artificial through like like through artificial technology like 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 bringing back the dinosaurs or the dangers on the advancements of ai like like what like like and then and then you literally contradict that message by making more that the making more of these like ai generated sequels like i mean I, I mean i guess lost world isn't that bad just because jeff goldblum is in it and jurassic like jurassic part three not even made by spielberg and is like a lackluster sequel the fucking jurassic world movies are not even that good like fallen kingdom is not that good dominion is such a nuclear waste of fucking shit like what <laughs> i yeah, don't know man I... I I don't I don't really care for Jurassic World movies, so I yeah, yeah me neither. I don't know. I I saw I saw the first two a long time ago, and I can't really speak to them. And then I didn't even bother seeing the third one. So yeah, like, good. You were better off seeing Dominion, man. Like you would have you would have had such a miserable time. You know, like you would have contemplated your like I'm telling you, you would have contemplated your existence if you saw it. <laughs> I'm sure I would have. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My number one, the mo- the popular movie that I do not like at all is Forrest Gump. Okay. Yeah, man. I now I'm we're sorry. getting into territory of like movies I actually do kind of like. So um, Oh, you do oh you do like Forrest Gump or I mean, but I also haven't seen so Forrest Gump is a film I saw a bunch when I was younger and uh i mean i haven't seen it since i was maybe 14 um so i can't i don't who knows maybe i i'll feel the same way that way that you do but i remember in retrospect i did like a lot of the special effects in the film like it's a very like cg heavy film um more than you realize in terms of like integrating like tom hanks into like the black and white footage or like creating cg figures for like huge football game sequences or like the running sequence like it's like the movie has a lot of cliches and like tropes for sure but like i thought it was like well made for what it is and like tom hanks does a great job you know playing the character robin wright does a good job playing the character and um you know i think a lot of the goofs if you want to call them the way the way like he's like they basically forced uh tom hanks to exist in all of these um historical moments like the watergate scandal and vietnam and all this other stuff i i i find i find that amusing like i was like wow they're really like pushing hard to make forest uh an integral member of american history for the next 50 years and i think like just like at face value i think that's amusing to me but again it's been a long while since i've seen it so who knows yeah here's why i don't like forrest gump it's the fact that like this movie is like tailor made of the soul message being like, oh, like if you were to be like, oh, if you work hard enough to be, oh, like if you work really hard, like, go, like if you work really hard in America, you will succeed in life. Buddy, 
I am 24 years old living in a crappy apartment and I am nowhere near where I am right now. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and, and there's also the fact that like this movie, like incorporates incorporates such a such a ton of like like such a ton of these like sappy and like like a ton of these sappy moments like Forrest, you're a good man, you will succeed like like you will succeed in life. Yeah, like that stuff is like that stuff is like kind of good and like and like yeah that stuff is like kind of good but also like Tom Hicks is like clearly playing a mentally like disabled type character and Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks is clearly not and also and also Jenny fucking sucks as a love interest like she puts Forrest through the goddamn ringer like why I don't know and also like and and also essentially like Jenny like meets Forrest like at different points at different points in their life and like they're like like they're like they're barely a couple like Jenny is like Jenny just feels like an afterthought throughout this entire movie and and I don't know if if Forrest ends up marrying Jenny and Jenny's like oh like I have cancer I'm gonna die here's your child I'm like what like why are you leaving me with this child that I have to raise like like why I don't I don't I know. mean all the things you're saying I guess they're not wrong but like when I'm thinking when I'm thinking about a movie and I'm and I guess in this case this movie I'm not really thinking about any of those things I'm more thinking about you know the technical craft put into the film and like the writing and the performances like I mean yeah like in in retrospect we probably wouldn't cast someone like Tom Hanks for this role if this movie was made today but like he did a good job playing the character like you you can't say he didn't do a bad performance he does a great job and um you know, I'm when he sure. needs to be dramatic, he can be really dramatic, you know, like the scene where he has to carry uh, Bubba uh, during the Vietnam War scene. And uh, and Gary Sneese, like, genuinely gives, like, a great performance, like, uh, with a yeah, combination sure. of, like, CG work to, like, hide his, like, you know, legs and stuff like that. And then, you know, his performance just in general. Like, he does a great job. Like, I think, like, the film is overall just a technically well-made movie with, like, lots of great performances, you know? Like, is it Robert Zemeckis' best? Like, fuck no. No, obviously not. But, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's back to the future. for what it is <laughs> yeah for what it is i think it is very well made i think it is very you know a lot of like heart was put into it like like you can criticize all you want about how like jenny is like a terrible person but you could also argue that's just part of the story too you know like it's like i i feel like saying like oh the film sucks because jenny is not a good character or whatever like i don't know like by that logic then like there will be blood is like a bad movie because daniel plainview is a piece of shit like but that's the point yeah, you know like yeah, yeah, they're exactly. supposed to be like terrible people so yeah, there are a lot of movies um, that i love in which like the character is bad and that's the point but in the case of jenny like i don't know she's just not that interesting to me and it's just like that's fine yeah yeah i don't know like the whole message of it being that the whole message of like being of working hard in america to like i, I don't know like this I, I don't know forrest gump is like the type of message that like parents would like inflict upon your kids like if you work hard enough you're gonna like <laughs> like you're gonna succeed just as like this conservative like message of like of like doing good in America could get to you where you are when really that's when really in real life that's not really the case really like really and it doesn't acknowledge the fact that like Richard Nixon was like a bad president and and completely ignoring the fact 
and completely ignoring how like Ronald Reagan was like one of the worst presidents to like ever exist in which he like in which he clearly ignored like the AIDS epidemic. Okay, now we're just and, getting like, into personal biases. This has nothing to do with like the movie itself. This is just, yeah. we're just now getting into biases now. Yeah, so. yeah, I have a yeah, yeah. I don't know. I have a really strong bias towards Forrest Gump that I don't really like. So like, not to get like really personal here, but this is just a very like. This is a movie for conservative people. Like that's 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 all I'll say. So, and uh, that's so, a bit. I that would be a that's a bit of that's a bit harsh of a thing to say. I would never go so far. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it does have that kind of appeal if you really want to look at it. But like, I don't know. I don't. I'm not really that. I'm not. I'm not a fifty year old. I'm not a fifty year old geezer. So you know, and I like the movie just fine. So I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean. I mean, I mean, and there were better movies that came out in like 1994, like Shawshank, Pulp Fiction, and uh, I don't know what was, I don't know. Like, let me think. I don't know. Like, what what else came out in 1994? That was the that was, that was a good? crazy year because those were the top three that like were fighting each other for best picture. It was Pulp Fiction, Shawshank, and um, yeah, this uh, movie. The Crow. Like, also like like Shawshank and. Like neither Shawshank or Pulp Fiction aren't even the best movies of 1994. Fucking Chung King Express is the best movie that came out that year, at least to me. I uh, yeah, Wong Kar Wai is a director I need to watch more of. I've never seen oh a single Wong Kar Wai film. Dude, um, you would love Wong Kar Wai movies, like especially everyone Chung keeps King. telling me about it. Yeah, yeah, Fallen Angels, like Fallen Angels, Happy Together, and In the, the Mood, mood for, for Love. love yeah. 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 Fucking masterpieces of movies, like Timmy, you would love these. Like, like I'm telling you, like, yeah, yeah, I will one day. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, yeah, you know. So, yeah, that's the, also the whole point of having a podcast slash movie YouTube channel. It's like you get you're forced to watch movies you've been meaning to watch forever. You know, like now yeah. you have to make time for it. So, yeah, it's a good it's a good outlet for me. Um, and I, and I got, and I watched a lot of great movies because of that. Like I watched, uh, Itu Mama Tambien, uh, A Single Man, uh, Diving oh, Bell and the Butterfly, like all good stuff, you know? Oh, so. Itu Mama Tambien is a movie that like holds close to my heart. Like granted, I haven't watched it in like years that deserves a revisit, but I remembered like really liking that movie, you know, like I really, I really do love Alfonso Cuaron. Like he's that much of a talented filmmaker to me. And also yeah, like back to- and also, and also, uh, and also, uh, you know, want to know who's not a talented filmmaker? Uh, Robert Zemeckis is not really a talented filmmaker to me. He just, he just makes these like, 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 like most of the time, he just makes these like half-assed movies that are expected to be like, they're expected to be like Oscar-nominated when really that's not the case. Granted, I haven't seen well, Contact or please- anything. But like I don't know. Well, these days he's like a, a hack. Like I, if you yeah. ask me about Robert Zemeckis, how I feel about him now, then like yeah, he's a hack. Like he doesn't make good movies anymore. But like yeah, back exactly. in the day, thank he, you. Like yeah, but like back in the day, he made some really entertaining stuff that I quite loved. Like you mentioned Back to the Future, of course. But like um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is like a personal favorite of mine. I I, yeah. I think I saw that movie like over a dozen times when I was a uh, when I was really young. So. Um, and I haven't, I've never seen Contact. I heard that was good too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's, so yeah, ultimately Forrest Gump is my number one. Like to the people who love Forrest Gump, all power to you. But unfortunately, 
but 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 unfortunately, I'm just not a guy who explains his entire life story to a bunch of random people while he has <laughs> I thought while he has a box of chocolates in his lap, like telling his entire life story, you know, like like if somebody like Forrest Gump like told me his entire life story, I would just walk away, you know, nothing personal. I just I don't know. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh what's your number one, Timmy? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, I just kind of went back and forth with this and, uh, I, so how I kind of made this list is, um, kind of, okay, let me look at my one star ratings and then see which one I would get the most reaction for, for giving it this low of a score. And then, yeah, I picked the one that was kind of obvious. I picked Moulin Rouge, uh, from Baz Luhrmann. I think it is one of the most cringe, like nauseating movies I think I've ever seen that people just really like i guess because there were cool visuals and they sung all the popular songs okay i guess that makes a movie like i guess that makes a movie yeah i love moulin rouge okay it is baz lerman's masterpiece (laughs) it is a gigantic steaming pile of shit and i'm still baffled that people like that like Okay, yeah, so this is another Speed Racer case where you'll need to explain to me what it is you like about okay. the movie so I okay, can like, listen, understand. Listen, yeah. I love I love Christian and Satine's love story. It is it is both it is both really sweet and so goddamn tragic at the same time. Like like the visual like the visuals are great, the makeup effects, yes, the editing isn't isn't for everybody in terms of it. The editing like is bad seizure inducing. I right. hate the editing so much. Yeah. Right. Right, yeah, and that's right, yeah, and that's fine. Not everybody can be into Baz Luhrmann's style, but 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 to me, it was that much of an entertaining. It, it was that much of an entertaining movie. It's that type of like turn your brain off, like like enjoy the glam, like enjoy the glamour, costume designs, and all and all the sing and all the singing and emotional story behind it. Really, like how like literally how Satine dies is like it's so incredibly it's so incredibly tragic because christian like really really loves satine and wanted to have a life with her and that's and like you know and like and also like half the and also half of the performances there like half of the performances in there are really cool like half of the performances in those movies are really good like nicole kidman has as Satine, I disagree. Like I don't think anyone gives a good performance in the movie. I don't even think the singing was even that good. Like you, it, it's clear, like a mean? lot of like Ewan McGregor sings, like sings your song. Really, I think when really he sings well. Elton, I think when he sings Elton John to Nicole Kidman, I think that was at that moment I was just done with the movie. I was like emotionally checked out from the rest of the film, and I think it's really weird for you to say that like. Oh, you just turn your brain off. It's a fun musical type movie, but then you're also telling me, oh, but like the the love story is so deep or whatever. And I'm like, well, okay, then which one do you want me to do? I can't do both, clearly. <laughs> um, and everything that you're saying about well, like the I mean- tragic love story, like I don't know, just watch your name instead. Like your name does everything that you're saying it is, but like not this to this annoying okay, extent, yeah, but not does to she this die? Like, terrible die, extent, Timmy? not to the oh wow Nicole Kidman's died and it's really sad great I if only they developed their relationship at all and, st- and through like actual meaningful like scene construction and not by singing popular pop songs that everyone knows wow that's so cool crazy I 
I mean, this is also the same problem. Keep it in mind, like this is not a problem exclusively to this movie. I've had the same problem for pretty much every uh, Baz Luhrmann film I've ever seen. Like it, it, it was also this bad in Elvis and uh, Great Gatsby because those are the other ones I've also seen. Where granted, I'm just like, yeah, granted, I wish I, I really, could get invest. Granted, like I don't really like Great Gatsby either, so I'm with you on that. You See, know? Great, like, well, Great Gatsby out of the three of them, Great Gatsby is like the least terrible one. Like I had the oh, right. most fun, quote unquote, with Great Gatsby, but fun is like an exaggeration because like I I could get in like at its core on paper, the stories of all three of these movies are interesting, but they're just constantly ruined by all these shitty editing choices, all of these shitty like music choices, because like and this is especially the case in Elvis and Great Gatsby in general, where they just they just ram fist a random pop song or a random rap song for just literally zero reasons, because I guess Baz likes that, I guess like I guess that's his thing. Um, I don't remember if that was in moulin rouge but like this was a problem and also yeah, i don't the way he visually no presents his Mul movies there's no rap song the in way rouge, so yeah the way he visually presents his movies are so stupid and so nauseating that like by the time like we're halfway to the movie i'm so checked out like okay sure the story of moulin rouge like the, the the tragic love story okay sure on paper that might sound interesting but because the movie is so nauseating and it's so long too that like by the time you get to the ending you just don't care it's like i'm so checked out of this anyway it's like and the movie did nothing to hold my attention from beginning to end so it's like so what was the point nothing i guess other than the movie's over great now i can move on with my life it's like the it's like a two-hour like acid trip that's not even fun you know it's like the worst kind of trip it's, you right, know yeah and... like what i mean is like what i mean by like turn your brain off and enjoy the deep love story what i mean is like turn your brain off for the musical moments and turn your brain on for this like deep love story that it tries to present like you know like see but me, i can't do of... that because they clearly put so much effort into the musical sections they clearly put a lot of effort into the song and dance and i can't ignore that if that's half the movie you know I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, if we're talking, like, I mean, like, if we're talking, like, you know, bad musical movies, like, in this case, I would say I don't like The Greatest Showman, you know, like, I don't, I, 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 I think how, like, that movie, like, glamorized, like, you know, P.T. Barnum's life and how, like, he wanted to, like, uh, like wanted to, like, make this, like, grand circus show or whatever, like, deeply like deeply doesn't exactly like present like pt like bt part like pt barna being an actual piece of shit you know like yeah i just uh i, I i've never seen greatest showman so i can't really speak to this um but i've heard oh, yeah. all the things that you're saying yeah um yeah i i don't you know I there's like one other Baz Luhrmann film I might check out. I've never seen Romeo and Juliet. Maybe that will be good. Who knows? But like, it's good. Yeah, I from what I've what seen I, from him, I'm just I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, from what I remember, Romeo and Juliet is a really good story. Like, 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 uh, like an like the whole like like the whole like caught like just the costume design and the over the top acting is like really really like well done you know so i think you might like it you might not but who knows you know yeah yeah i just um 
Yeah, I know a lot of people like this director, but I unfortunately cannot connect with any of his movies. Um, yeah. So, and this one was just the most like, like brain dead experience of a movie I've I've had in a while. So, yeah. Um, and if and if Timmy, but, if you didn't like Elvis, you're gonna like Priscilla much more. So, that's what everyone tells me. I haven't seen it yet. I'll get I'll get onto that at some point. So. Yep. Yep. I got the chance to watch to watch Priscilla. <laughs> Yep, I got the chance to watch Priscilla much earlier than everybody else in October at New York Film Festival. So, uh, great movie. That's cool. It's just such a great movie, you know? Another great movie from the great Sofia Coppola, you know? Like, it was it was something, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And that is the end of our top five popular movies that we both hate or don't like. So, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to our debates on popular movies and like us, dis- like uh, listening to me and Timmy, like disagree with each other. Timmy, this was great. You know, it was great to like, you know, debate with you. Like, hopefully we could do this again sometime or whatever. So yeah. Uh, sure. so- I wouldn't mind screaming about how, how mad I am about movies. I could do that <laughs> any day of the week. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so to recap our top five uh, list, um, so my number five is Promising Young Woman. My number four is Love Actually. My number three is Groundhog Day. My number two is Spider-Man No Way Home. And my number one is Forrest Gump. Uh, Watchmen, Speed Racer, 28 Weeks Later, Evil Dead Remake, uh, Moulin Rouge. Yeah. All right. Yes. Now, if you ask me, those are pretty good top five lists that we've had here. Uh, again, thank you guys for listening. And and you can follow me on my socials, Letterboxd, TikTok, um, Insta, and Twitter. And Timmy, uh, remind the audience. You can follow on... me on House. You can ha- follow me on House of Cinema and Cinema <laughs> Joe TikTok <laughs> podcast. Oh, shout, out to, shout out to Cinema Joe. <laughs> yeah, whoever that is. I still don't know who that is, TBH. So oh, um, oh yeah, he recently hit a million followers. You know, great guy. I'm on the I'm on the Patreon Discord. So it's a fun time. Nice. Lovely community. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be a part of this shenanigans shenanigans yeah shenanigans yeah yeah (laughs) all right thank you guys so much for listening and i will see you guys next time